0: time for your Milwaukee Economy Briefing. MMAC President Tim Sheehy joining us in studio. Hey, Tim. Good to be with you both. Yeah, very timely, your visit today. Given the news earlier this week about the $700 million proposal, it's a a Republican drawn-up policy and funding to try and help get American family field up to date and built for the future and keep the brewers through 2050. Uh, This is very different than Governor Evers' uh, initial plan, which, according to some, would have had the brewers in locked Uh, locked in until 2030 or so. Walk us through the details of the plan. Do you believe it's a a better plan, a more robust plan than what was initially presented?
1: Yeah, so it's a a different plan. And the big difference is that the governor kind of put the money in up front. This plan is pay-as-you-go. And when I say pay-as-you-go, the state collects roughly $20 million in income and sales tax from the team visiting players, people playing there, and the sales tax generated at the stadium. And so what the legislature, at least the Republicans, are purporting to do is to take a portion of that income tax and use that to fund improvements going forward. So that's the state's portion. They're also requiring the brewers to put in $100 million, and then they're asking local government, basically the city and the county, to put in another $200 million. So that's how you get enough funding to take care of the improvements between basically 2023 and 2050, which is what the brewers are willing to do in terms of extending their lease.
0: Are there any new taxes as part of the plan that was proposed?
1: No, there are no new taxes. And really the, the, the argument behind this from the legislature, or at least the Republicans so far, is that if the brewers leave, we're going to lose the 12 to $14 million of income tax that we collect. So let's obligate that to pay for the improvements in the stadium. So we're giving up money that we wouldn't have if the team didn't play here. We're not giving up all the rest of the sales tax and other things that are generated. So um, it, it really is an income tax tiff on the players, if you want to look at it that way, that helps fund the bulk of these improvements.
2: Tim, you mentioned the 100 million the Brewers would be responsible for. Should that be a starting point and should that be reversed where 200 million should probably be more towards the Brewers and 100 million towards Milwaukee and Milwaukee County residents?
1: Yeah, so the way the plan starts right now is the Brewers are required to put in 50 million, 25 of it before 2037, um and then the rest of it comes in basically two plus million dollar payments a year. And so this is part of the negotiation, right? How much are the, you know, local local government put in, how much the state, how much is the team going to put in? So this is the starting point for the discussion and the negotiation which will occur probably over the next month or so as this legislation works its way works its way through.
0: I know this is sort of step 1 and the Brewers focus is on getting this through and securing the team's future in Milwaukee. I also know Mayor Cavalier Johnson is entertained by the idea of a beer district, for lack of a better term, just more things to do in the parking lot space at American Family Field. At some point, will that become a thing in in your mind? Can you envision that area around American Family Field being more foot traffic, walking around, restaurants, bars, things a little tighter in proximity to the stadium?
1: Yeah, so the area around the stadium that we're talking about is somewhere between 75 and 90 acres. And the thing that's unique about baseball in Wisconsin is the Brewers draw more of their attendance from outside Metro Milwaukee than any other team in Major League Baseball does outside of their Metro. So their contention is they need lots of parking. But hopefully as time goes on, there's a way to look at some of that acreage for potential development. It's also exempt from property taxes. So you really need two changes. You need to work in concert with the Brewers to make sure that they can still have tailgating. And you also need to make sure that that land is not exempt from property taxes, so any new development that comes in there would be able to pay property taxes to the city, and that would be a benefit to city taxpayers.
0: Has there ever been anybody or any entity that's come across uh, your desk and said, I've got an idea for how to develop this land. I've got an idea, and here's my plan.
1: It's a great question, because we can theorize it, we can talk about it, but I've not seen anybody put a proposal on the table that um, would develop that land and, and where they would have the financing for it. I'm not saying it wouldn't come and couldn't come, but there hasn't been one.
2: And when, the, when you talk about developing that land, doesn't that kind of take away from the mystique of going to uh, Amphan Field? Because that's a part of the experience, the tailgating. And you just said that the brewers have more people that come from outside the metropolitan area.
1: Yeah, so I don't think anybody would envision developing the land like you would around uh, Wrigley Field or you would around Camden Yards Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, The question is, could part of it be um, would part of it engender development that you you could work in concert with that? I I don't think, quite frankly, that's the you know the biggest fish in the sea right now to to tackle. What we really need to do is uh, get to the point where we come to an agreement with the brewer share, the state share, and the local share. And we get baseball secured between now and, and 2050. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. It was October 6th, uh, Friday, 1995, uh, when George Petak went to the floor and voted at 3:30 in the morning <laughs> to start this train moving. So this day was coming. It's here now. And I think what we want to try to do is work together to get this secure for the next uh, generation.
0: And switching gears, Tim, a couple of companies, Wisconsin companies, moving their headquarters to downtown. What's the reason for this?
1: Well, I don't want to say it's because we're, build- we're- because we're going to have baseball here between now and 2050, <laughs> but it's a related issue. And what you see, um, companies like Milwaukee Tool, who have you know built in the suburbs, building downtown. Fiserv is putting 800 people downtown. Regal Beloit is moving their headquarters from Beloit. There are other companies in Wisconsin that have either moved in operation or headquarters downtown because they view it's an attractive place to recruit and retain the most valuable asset they have, which is talented individuals. And so the advantage we have in, in Milwaukee in particular are, are having assets like the Bucks, the Symphony, um, Third Street Market, where we are today, um, a baseball stadium. Those things enhance the quality of life. They make it attractive. That's why companies are moving here, because they can recruit talent here.
0: I saw this study we talked about it a little bit last week. The uh, large-scale study released uh, about a week ago claims that Milwaukee is the cleanest city in America. I don't think Milwaukee's a filthy city, but the headlines certainly grabbed my attention.
1: Well, I'm going to turn around and ask both of you, when you travel somewhere else and you come back, have you ever run across a city cleaner than Milwaukee? And I'm not saying I eat off the street, but, <laughs> yeah. but have yeah. you ever come across across a city cleaner?
2: Ah uh. That's a good question. Uh I, I know that uh I mean, I've been in Toronto. Toronto's a pretty clean city, but outside of that, I mean you you make a good point. Yeah, I but mean, those
1: Canadians are clean. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> it's part of their so nature. if you look at the US, um and, and I you know, this is a study that looked at how many complaints there were uh, you know, per hundred thousand people to the sanitation department. But my experience and I've traveled all over is that one thing that jumps out when people come to Milwaukee, one of the things that jumps out is how clean it is. And so we might as well embrace it. Um, I don't know how many people will move here because of it, but I think we feel a lot better about I, it. I, I thought it was
0: interesting because it was tied to uh, waste management complaints. And yeah. uh, my first thought was, Midwesterners are nice. They're just not complaining all that much. Yeah. <laughs> Could be, too. <laughs> it may but be the case. also
2: Milwaukee made the list of one of the smelliest cities. So <laughs> we might be the cleanest,
0: but may have a little no, stitch to it, I, too, right? <laughs> I, I, I do think, comparatively speaking, you know, if you're talking about bigger cities, top yep. 30, 35 markets uh, in the country, I do think Milwaukee is a relatively clean city. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think San Diego, Denver, and others that come to mind. Yeah. For me and my experiences, right. I definitely don't think it's a, a dirty city. In fact, I find some of the gra- graffiti to be artistic yeah. uh, <laughs> in our city. But uh, a very interesting study nonetheless. Any good news of the week, Tim, uh, beyond the, the Republican plan here to try and help yeah, save the family? Yeah, without sounding
1: field? overtly political, I think the best news of the week is the announcement that uh, our mayor, Cavalier Johnson, is making tonight about running for re-election. Uh, I think he's been a breath of fresh air. I think he's done a great job, and I'm excited that he's running for re-election. Good stuff. Tim Sheehy, president of the MMAC. We check in with him every
0: Wednesday here on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome.